hello there. Welcome to today's episode of Linguistics with Laura. Do you ever wonder how the English language got to be where it is today with all its weird pronunciations and spellings and peculiar, unique grammar? Well, today I thought we could do a brief overview of the history of the English language and how it came to be where it is today. To do this, we need to explore another sub-branch of linguistics called historical and comparative linguistics, which refers to how languages change, what kind of changes occur, and why they occurred. We begin by going all the way back to what is called the Old English period. Now, many people think that Shakespearean English is considered Old English, but Old English is actually much older than Shakespeare. The beginnings of Old English date back to approximately 449 CE, or AD. These early forms of what we now call English were dialects of the proto-language called Proto-Germanic. A proto-language is an ancestral language from which modern languages have developed. Because of the fact that English fundamentally stemmed from the German language, English is considered a Germanic language. The other Germanic languages include Modern German, obviously, Dutch, Yiddish, Danish, Swedish, Icelandic, and Norwegian. However, there is an even broader umbrella that encompasses all of these languages that I just mentioned and more. This is the Indo-European branch of languages, which includes all of our Germanic languages, plus Celtic languages, Romance languages, Slavic languages, Indo-Iranian languages, and finally, Hellenic or Greek. Each of these branches of language then subdivide further to include different languages. Let's take Celtic. This includes Gaelic and Welsh. Then we have the Romance languages, which most people are familiar with, including Spanish, French, Italian, and Romanian. Then we look at the sub-branch of Slavic languages, which include Czech and Russian. After that, we have our Germanic languages, which we already mentioned, then our Indo-Iranian languages, which include Pashto and Farsi, and then finally Hellenic, aka Greek. Although it's pretty obvious that Spanish, for example, is very different from Russian, or Gaelic is very different from Farsi, each of these languages that I've just mentioned, at the end of the day, come from the same overarching umbrella of language families. Once again, this is the Indo-European language family. You might notice, or maybe not, that there are a couple languages spoken in Europe that are not part of this list. These would be Finnish, Hungarian, and Estonian. You would think that these languages would be a perfect example of an Indo-European language, but they're not. Finnish actually is considered a Uralic language. The Uralic language family includes languages that are not Indo-European that are still spoken in Europe. The reason these languages are not considered part of the Indo-European language family is because they developed from the peoples who lived in the Ural Mountains in continental Asia a long, long time ago. If you've ever seen Mulan, you know that there was a tribe of Mongolians called the Huns who migrated and did some other things that were quite violent across their Eurasian region. These Huns spoke Uralic languages, and as they migrated towards Europe, they brought these languages with them, and that's why we have such a sound prevalence of Uralic languages in Europe. Thanks, Huns, I guess, but also not really. Thanks for the languages, but not so much all the other violent pillaging and stuff. But let's move back to English specifically and its origins. So we begin, as I said, with Old English starting in 449 CE and lasting to about 1100 CE. The first famous text that acts as a prime example of Old English 
is the book of epic poems entitled Beowulf. Now you might think that because this text was written in Old English, and today we speak modern English, it can't be too hard to read and decipher. But you would be mistaken. Old English is actually incredibly different from modern English, so much so that you probably could understand very, very little of it. To prove this, here's a line that I'm going to attempt to say from Beowulf. Huat we gardena in gardigum, feosinga frim gefrunan, hu the aplingas elen fremedon. So you get my point. If you look closely, and I mean very closely at Old English, you might notice a few little obscure similarities between the language then and our modern English now. But by and large, Old English is indecipherable to the modern English speaker. So what came next? A man by the name of William, Duke of Normandy in France, also known as William the Conqueror, came along and claimed his right to the English throne by invading England. This event was also considered the Norman Conquest of 1066, and this event marked the transition from Old English to Middle English. Middle English was spoken soon after the Norman Conquest, until around 1450 CE. As a result of this Norman Conquest, the English language saw a steady increase in French influence on vocabulary, which makes sense because William the Conqueror was the Duke of Normandy in France. These French words that were adopted into the English language at the time were seen as higher class than the words adopted from German. Many German words with the letter F in English are synonyms to words with French that start with P and are considered more formal. For example, the words first and primary. First comes from German and is regarded as slightly less of a formal word than primary, which comes from French. This in many ways is a contributing factor as to why Romance languages are viewed as elegant and beautiful, while German languages are seen as being a bit harsher and more aggressive. In fact, way back in the olden days of Middle English, the wealthier individuals spoke French while the peasant class spoke Old English, which of course is heavily based on German. The Middle English period also witnessed a decline in the English language's dependency on inflectional endings of words. Instead, during the Middle English period, the language relied more on word order to convey grammatical structure, thus making English more of an analytic language as opposed to a synthetic language. One large aspect of Middle English that differs greatly from Modern English is the pronunciations of certain vowel sounds. In Middle English, the vowel in the word mouse was pronounced oo, so the word mouse was actually pronounced like moose. In the word meat, used to describe a person's first encounter with another person, the vowel was pronounced a, so the word would be said like mate instead of meat. The word meat, meaning the flesh of an animal on the other hand, and yes, these two words are homophones and heterographs and I couldn't pass up the opportunity to mention this, it would have been pronounced with the vowel eh, so instead of meat, it would have sounded like met. Now with a modern English vowel mate, the vowel would have been pronounced like an ah, so the word would have been pronounced mat. A couple more examples. The word bite would have sounded like the word beat, where the I vowel sounded like an E vowel. In the modern English word boot, the vowel would have been pronounced like O, so the word would have sounded like boat. Finally, in the word boat of modern English, the vowel would have been pronounced like an OI, so the word would have sounded like boit. I know, it's very, very weird and complicated and very mixed up from what we're used to with modern English. So, what changed? 
well, around 1450 or so, a certain sound shift occurred that changed the face of English vowel pronunciation. This was called the Great Vowel Shift. As these English vowels changed and transformed into what eventually became our modern vowel pronunciations, a new period of the English language came about. That was, of course, the transition into early modern English, which is around the time when Shakespeare was at his height, when Shakespeare was peaking, you could say. As I said before, it's important to remember that Shakespearean English is not actually Old English, but instead is an example of early modern English, and very lofty, poetic, and oftentimes confusing early modern English. After the great vowel shift occurred, and we eventually ended up with our modern English vowel pronunciations around 1500, we've been going pretty steady with modern English. Overall, our beloved, current, and modern English is a vast, homogenous mixture of Old English and Old French, forming a new, independent, quirky, wacky, crazy modern English. And that just about does it for a brief history of the English language. Thanks for listening today, and stay tuned for another bonus episode with my friend Emery, who will be on the show to discuss some interesting phenomena in the English language. It should be quirky and philosophical, so make sure to tune in, and I will see you next time.